a young woman, a wife, and a mother to two beautiful babies, a doula, and a Bible teacher who is rediscovering what it means to live a life with Christ. And this is my podcast. This podcast exists to celebrate the journey of discovery and learning and to share the stories of those who we can all be learning from. Thanks for joining me. Today, it's time for a DTR. So whatever you want to call this, a DTR, divine the relationship talk, a come to Jesus, a heart to heart, call it what you want. I'm excited to share where I'm at and where we're headed as we're moving forward with the podcast. So let's start with some fun. Uh, Let's talk about what some of my favorite moments so far have been. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not expect such a positive response for this podcast. I thought it was just going to be me and a couple of my friends listening to it, talking about it, doing what we were already doing, but it's been really great to hear from so many of you that the podcast has been encouraging and been fun and exciting for you to listen to. There have been some really special episodes that we've made so far. One of my favorites has definitely been the conversation that we had with my friend Inga on the topic of race and being made in the image of God and her identity and her value and just her experience as a black woman married to a white man in a conservative religious community. It was really powerful for me to be able to sit with Inga and learn so much about her story and her experience. And to be able to have that conversation in the midst of everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think was really powerful for a lot of people. We had a lot of people reach out to both of us and say, hey, I did not realize that this was happening for you, for Inga, that is. And it was really good that we were able to sit together and learn and really hear from Inga, to hear her honest perspective. It was a privilege to be able to record that episode with her. If you haven't listened to it yet, I really recommend going back and giving it your time. It's longer, but it's got so much great stuff. Inga tells her story growing up in Michigan, um, emigrating to the United States. She's originally not from the U.S. and talks about her experience there, talks about what it was like to move down to Ohio uh, to get married to someone who grew up Amish and the big, big differences in the cultures that both of them came from, but also some of the really special similarities, the things that both of their cultures value. We also talk about some of the, some of the reasons that we got here as a culture where we talk about, you know, why are, why are, why are people rioting in the streets? Why is this happening? How did we get here? Um, And what can we do to move forward and to make a difference? And how can we think about this in a Christ-like way? and start to like make concrete steps, uh, to take concrete steps towards moving and growing, towards shaping the world around us to be a more Christ-like kingdom. So that was a really special episode. Recently, we did another episode that was really good with my friend. Okay, 
I guess I'll be biased. I do think most of the interviews are really good. The people that have said yes to coming onto this show are all so special. Um, but we recently were able to to do an interview with my friend Allie Mast. And she talked about her experiences with postpartum depression um, after the birth of her daughter and just her experience as a woman in the church um, trying to navigate mental health, mental wellness, healing within the body of Christ and and how she's had so much difficulty from that um, and, and the ways that the church has failed her and the way that the church has failed lots of people who've struggled with mental illness and but we also got to talk about some of the ways that we've really seen the church growing in this area. Um, so that was a really great conversation where both of us had some really good stuff to share. But we didn't walk away with just a negative, like, hopelessness. The church is growing and changing and getting better every day in the way that it addresses and talks about and handles issues of mental health and wellness. And we're excited that that's happening, excited to see that continue to grow. And so if you haven't listened to that episode too, that was a really great one. Um, and I guess maybe the other episode that comes to mind right away is my conversation with Megan Bowman from the band Wreck Like Me. Megan recently released um, another EP, so she had me thinking about that conversation again. And we just, we both shared some of what it has been like for us as women to kind of be in the evangelical church and what our experiences have been and how both of us have really been told to our faces that we are quote-unquote too much that we are not quite what people want because we are pushy or opinionated or overeducated or all these different things and how we've struggled to reconcile what biblical womanhood is with who we are and that conversation was vulnerable for both of us but good and I'm looking forward to having more conversations like it where we talk about because I, I'm a woman, believe it or not, <laughs> and there are issues of biblical womanhood in the modern American church that I want to see continually brought up because these are things that affect the next generation of boys and girls that are growing up in the church that there's a vacuum of female leadership that is being filled one way or another, and I'd rather see young men and young women grow up with godly women leaders in their communities that are trustworthy and safe than to see that space filled by Instagram influencers with Bible verses and all this out of context stuff. So we'll talk about that more, I'm sure. It's something that I care a lot about, but those episodes kind of stand out to me right now as some of the favorite ones that we've done so far. But I will say... One of the things that I have not been loving about the podcast lately is that I kind of feel like I'm just talking into the air. Do you ever feel that way? Like you're putting stuff out there or you're trying to talk to your spouse or your friend and you're sharing what you're feeling and it's like, hello, anybody home? <laughs> it's kind of feeling a little bit like that for me, I'll be honest with you. And I've kind of been struggling with, okay, am I not making the right content? 
do I care about if I'm making the quote unquote right content or am I just supposed to do what feels right and biblical and what I feel like I need to learn and what I feel like my community can benefit from. But then how do I know if it's landing if no one's saying anything about it? And I'll be honest with you. I don't pay a ton of attention to like the quote, like the metrics, the behind the scenes, like how many like listeners. I like to check in and see, you know, if people are listening to the episodes or not, because it makes me excited that something that I'm making is being shared. And and I appreciate all of you guys who listen, but I would love to know, what do you want to hear more about? Is the stuff that we're putting out serving you? Is it helping you? Is it helping you grow and consider new perspectives? I'd love to hear from you on this thing. And if you don't know, we we do also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And on there, I post a lot of conversation starters, just things that we maybe brought up in the episode that we didn't actually get to talk about too much or things that I'm thinking about. Or I actually even recently shared a post on our Facebook page about uh, the theological minds and origins of the complementarian movement. And I found that post that I shared really provocative and If you are at all interested in kind of theology of gender and theology of gender roles, I would encourage you to go and just take a read through those. I don't expect that you'll agree or even take sides, but I'd love to just hear what you think. I I think that for me, I really want this to be a conversation. I'm not interested in just hearing myself talk. I really want the, I really want this podcast to spark uh, conversations with you guys, with you guys with me and with you guys with your friends. So I would love to hear if this is doing that in your life or if it's not and you would like to see this change. I want to hear that too. You're always welcome to reach out to me. I think everyone who listens to the podcast knows me personally, but if you don't, you're still welcome to shoot me a Facebook message, shoot me an Instagram message, shoot me an email. Heck, Come knock on my front door if you're local. (laughs) I'm always down to talk about the podcast with you and hear what you think. So where do I want this podcast to go? We have some exciting stuff in the works that I think that you're going to be as excited as I am. So we did just start a Facebook page. We being me, really. (laughs) Eli helps too. But I just started a Facebook page and I want that page to become a community At the beginning of every episode of this podcast, we say that this podcast is dedicated to the journey of discovery and learning. And I want our Facebook page to be that. I want it to be a community where we're learning and growing and challenging one another's perspectives for the sake of like trying to learn and grow and be more like Christ. So I want to start a a Facebook community where we are able to have those conversations on a regular basis, where it's not just me talking into a mic. I want to hear from you and so feel free to post on the Facebook wall if you have questions if you have comments if you have opinions about an episode or um I'll, I post there regularly just some related content I'll probably start sharing articles and other things that I find thought-provoking and I'd love to hear what you think um we are also going to be starting up a book club So book club is something that Eli and I have done on and off over the past couple of years. Um, And some of you may know that 
we had planned on having book club throughout the summer, but just with so many different transitions and still all this trying to navigate best practices around COVID, we decided to take a step back from that, not cancel, just postpone. So we have two books that we have on deck. We are still going to do a book club meeting for the book The Blue Parakeet by Scott McKnight, and we are still doing a book club meeting for White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. And both of these things are books that you guys have been asking me about, have been wanting to talk about. So we're going to be using the Rediscovery podcast like platform to kind of share when those things are happening, when those things are coming up. And I'm really excited about them. So information on events like book club, that'll all be on the Facebook and Instagram pages. So you're going to want to follow along there if you want to stay in the loop. But yeah. I think that's all that I have for our little DTR, our little heart to heart. Uh, So let's switch gears. Now we're going to talk about the book of James. Okay, so a few weeks ago, we did a brief intro to the book of James. But before we jump back in, let's review a few things. So the book of James was written by... Jacob. Probably Jacob, not James. The half-brother of Jesus. What a way to start this conversation off, right? James? Not even really called James? But the book is written in the ancient Hebrew, like in the tradition of ancient Hebrew wisdom literature, like books like Proverbs. And we know from looking at this book, the author, James or Jacob, whatever you want to call him, I'm probably going to call him James. It's a bad habit, I'm sorry, but for the sake of clarity and communication, we'll just probably call him James. The author, James, is clearly very familiar with the Hebrew wisdom literature, which is, you know, the books like Proverbs, the books like Ecclesiastes, the books of Job and Songs of Songs, and also very familiar with Jesus teachings. There are some of these verses that almost read word for word from the Sermon of the Mount, Sermon on the Mount. So we know that this was likely one of the very first letters that was written. It was probably written around the year 50 AD. Um, and it's from James, who is the head of the church in Jerusalem. And he's writing to who he identifies as the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So let's hop in and I'll start reading from James chapter 1. We're going to take it a chunk at a time. So here's verses 1 through 8. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
So back at the beginning of that text we heard, the intended audience was the 12 tribes scattered. James was writing as the leader of the Jerusalem church to the Christians who were scattered outside of that original community. At that point, this was still pretty early in the history of the church. and Most of the church was composed of Jewish Christians. So he really gets into it here. Starting with this instruction, Jacob or James tells his audience to accept the trials that come and to consider those trials a gift because trials that challenge your faith when they are overcome, end up with the good result of perseverance. So, to put it simply, we're encouraged here to receive difficulties in our lives with joy, because keeping our allegiance to the kingdom of Jesus through those circumstances will not be easy, but it will help us to grow and become well-developed in the way of Jesus. And we're actually going to come back to this in a few verses, but he keeps moving, and He starts looking at wisdom and faith and doubt. Ask for wisdom, he says, and it will be given to you. And he continues, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So let's think for a moment about faith and doubt. Faith and doubt are opposites. Okay. But they're also dependent on each other. There can be no faith if there is no doubt. They're tied to one another. Without doubt, there can only be certainty. James calls us to wisdom and faith, not certainty. So let me unpack that for a minute. Certainty is when we know something for sure. We have no doubt. If there's no doubt at all, there's certainty. Like, I'm sitting at my desk right now and I'm looking at my light. I can see that it's on. I'm certain it's on. I have no doubt. My light is on. So I don't have to have faith that my light is on. I can see it. I'm certain. But we're not called to certainty. We're called to faith. Faith and doubt coexist because faith is not the same thing as certainty. Faith is loyalty. Faith is choosing to put your allegiance behind something. There is always going to be a little bit of doubt. That's part of faith. Because if you don't doubt, you don't have to choose to put your allegiance behind something. And when you put your faith in something, you're taking it away from something else. You're saying, no, that's not for me. That's not where I'm going to put my allegiance. That's not where I'm going to put my energy and my belief. I'm putting my faith in this, in this kingdom story, in this Jesus, in this God. When you choose that, You're putting your doubt somewhere else. Faith and doubt coexist. But we're being called to choose faith. Not certainty, but faith. Faith acknowledges doubt. Faith doesn't fear doubt. Faith allows for doubt. But when we choose faith, we distinctly do not choose doubt. And James is right. Doubt does make us unstable. We feel like we're unmoored and we're tossed about by the wind. But certainty, certainty plants us in one spot and then we're stuck. And that's not good either. Faith is the better way forward. Because when we choose faith, when we put our allegiance behind something, when we put our faith in something, that's when we can learn and grow and go deeper and deeper. 
And then James just keeps going. Like this chapter one is a whirlwind. So he just keeps going and we're just going to follow along. The next part feels a little bit complicated. So I'm going to read it in two different translations. Here it is in the ESV. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. Okay, so here it is in the message. Because I felt like the language the ESV used was somewhat difficult to understand. So here it is in the message. When down and outers get a break, cheer. And when the arrogant rich are brought down to size, cheer. Prosperity is as short-lived as a wildflower. So don't ever count on it. This is the way it works in the Jesus kingdom. The lowly get exalted and the mighty get humbled. Jesus mentioned something a little bit about that in his Sermon on the Mount. But James just keeps rolling. He then moves on to this. He said, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. And let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So James just keeps going and going. We are not meant to read this book this quickly. We're not meant to be just rushing through. And each of these teachings we're going to come back to over the course of our study of the book of James. But this one, I don't feel like we can give it the space that it needs to breathe and speak. I don't think we can learn from it sufficiently if we try to rush through and explain it quickly here. So I'm not going to. We're going to come back to this. We're going to hit it at least once as we walk through our study of the book of James. But it's heavy and it's hard. And so we're going to give it the space it deserves when we talk about it later on. For now, let's spend the rest of our time in verses 19 through 27. I'm going to start by reading it for us. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So when I sat down a few months ago and considered where we find ourselves in this moment as a community and within our culture, I wanted to know what God wanted from us, what the people of God were being called to. And this is where I was taken. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of men does not produce the righteousness of God. And 
Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And the more time I spent here in this text, the more I saw that the key verse wasn't either of the two ones that the Spirit drew out in me, but verse 21, which serves as a hinge for the two verses that I mentioned above. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Let's break down why that matters. In verse 19, we see the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away wickedness and receive the word. What word? The word that saves your soul. The implanted word. But what does it mean to receive the word? That's what we hit in verse 22. Receiving the word means doing the word. If we only hear it, that doesn't count as receiving it. We're just deceiving ourselves. And that's why we are here in the book of James. I need to sit under this teaching. I need to put away the anger of man and receive the word. Actually doing something with it. Actually reaching out and shaping the world to look more like the kingdom of Jesus. So, that's why we're here, and that's where we're going to stop. We're going to hit the brakes for today, but don't worry. We'll be coming in and out of the book of James at least through the end of this calendar year. So we'll have plenty of times to sit under this wise teacher. Did you enjoy this episode? Or do you have anything you want to add to this conversation? I would love to hear from you. Head on over to our new Facebook page and leave a comment there. We can keep this going and start some great conversations. And if you liked this, share it with your friends. I'd love to welcome more people into this community so that we can learn and grow together. Until then, be safe and be well. Have a great week and I hope you learned something. All right, bye.